personal Any best. Hoozle, what show is this again? Huh? Huh? Oh, uh, what? What show is this again? ABC Nightly News with Justin! Tom. Frank. Planless! says about like a full second before we hear it <laughs> so you just saw me doing a fake drum thing uh, totally mute totally silent um the moment's gone uh, <laughs> um boys yeah, cool. welcome to the show everyone we're the plaid lads yeah and we like to watch film <laughs> holy sh- what so, Tom, yes. can, can you confirm what just happened? Uh, my guitar fell over, and it made the most horrendous sound, uh, almost like a cartoon, it because made, I'm... It made cu- the fucking El Cabong noise. <laughs> I, I currently have this like guitar. It was like you El Cabonged someone have, on the head. Um, I have reached the pinnacle of alternate tunings. I have found the ultimate alternate, ultimate alternate tuning, and it goes like this. When, so when you, when you say you have found the pinnacle of alternate tunings, uh-huh. do you mean you're just breaking the guitar <laughs> and saying it's an alternate tuning? Uh, in a way, in a way. I just, uh, so when you drop it, it sounds like a piano being dropped because it's just all the notes at once. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, I can actually get chords out of it. It's anyway, that's here nor there. I'm going to put it back in a way so it doesn't fall again and we can move on with our lives. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, we like to wear plaid and we like to be lads and we like to watch movies and Frasier and talk about uh, both of them. Welcome. Have a seat. Join us, will you? Oh, thank, thank you so much. Thank this you for so- inviting us. So so pl- more much more pleasant than this than is very sudden. Oh oh yes. Well, I've been uh, I've been looking into myself and uh, drinking booze. <laughs> yeah, booze makes <laughs> you yeah. nice. Suck my dick balls, balls. Suck my dick balls, balls. <laughs> that was dedicated to Subo. Yeah, folks, you are. we've uh, <laughs> we've been. Uh, much like the characters in the movie we are uh, going to talk about in how, God knows how long, uh, we have been microdosing alcohol, if you want to call it that. Micro? We're supposed to be microdosing? <laughs> well, that's how they start. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm talking a big fluffy nothing. I'm not that drunk. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Although I think Justin, I have, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, ge- I'm getting there. <laughs> I think I have brain Justin, fog, so I'm tell, halfway there. 
Do you want to tell Tom the story you told me uh, right before he got on the call? Oh, well, when when I watched this movie initially, um, it really made drinking uh, at, at first uh, look like a lot of fun. So obviously I was drinking while watching the film. Uh, and then afterwards I, I smoked a joint and threw up. Did you throw up out of a window? I did. Mm, no, I threw up into a toilet. So just, it, it ended. It ended. It, it ended in some blood. Oh, oh, Jesus! Oh no! I could not uh, handle that. That's bad. That's uh, that's real bad, yeah. dude. So, <laughs> if you haven't guessed, ladies and gentlemen. The film that we are going to talk about, because I don't know if we're doing our little pre-show thing anymore. Are we? I'm waiting. No? No? Are we? Is the what Danish 2020... I, I mean, I guess that... Uh, oh, if anyone watched the Oscars last night, they hilariously re-engineered the entire show in anticipation of the fact that they thought that Chadwick Boseman would win a posthumous Best Actor Oscar. So for the first time ever, they aired the Best Actor Award last right Jesus. because they thought that the academy was going to vote for chadwick boseman to posthumously win for ma rainey's black bottom what happened was also nominated was one uh, sir anthony hopkins he is an 83 year old man who lives in wales and thus he did not want to travel all the way to california in the middle of a pandemic to go to this thing and it was 4 30 a.m where he lives so he was asleep. So, as it turns out, the man who won Best Actor last night was not uh, the dearly departed Chadwick Boseman. It was Anthony Hopkins, who was asleep when he won, so he couldn't accept the award. So presenter Joaquin Phoenix said, the winner is Anthony Hopkins. Oh, he's not here? Oh, okay. Good night, everyone. Yeah, so why is Joaquin <laughs> and, and Phoenix the show? getting two fucking spotlight moments in a row here with the Oscars? Yeah. He had a big old moment last year, too, trying to tell everyone to uh, not eat animal babies or something. And uh, this year he's doing it again. And yeah, he was just, he, he kind of, yeah. he like Steve brawled it. He was just like, and the winner is Anthony Hopkins. He's not here. Okay. Uh, bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, See everyone. you later. <laughs> he literally did that. <laughs> um, but also at the Academy Awards last night, the 2020 Danish film by Thomas Vinterberg, Another Round, won Best Foreign Language Film. And wouldn't you know it, there's a movie we're talking about on what this movie? week's podcast. It's a 2020 film from Denmark by director Thomas Vinterberg. And uh -huh. I think it's called... Another round. What? Oh, it's not, uh, Justin, I'm sorry. I thought you thought we were going to do airheads. <laughs> the flubbed <laughs> note makes that better. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen. The All right. It's movie time. Go. It's movie uh, time. And also, just to announce, uh, to get ahead of it, they have today, the day after it won the uh, Best Foreign Language Film, because I'm sure they timed it this way, announced uh, the remake, which is to be led by star Leonardo DiCaprio. 
ball. Fuck. No. Shut up. Go to hell. No, I I hate that. That's stupid. Now, I, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, and uh, everybody yelled at me to save it, and it hurt my feelings. Um, so fuck you guys. But... I didn't know about the Leo DiCaprio thing. Yeah, I don't like. That, I don't like that. But I, I hate that it's being remade. It's stupid. Why? It's a. It's an accessible enough film. I don't. I whatever. But that being said, it is interesting because America does have a a very different relationship to alcohol. I was that, just about that, to say that. Yeah, so I, I there I guess there could be some value in a remake, but I really don't think so. I don't know. Here's the thing. The thing that makes this movie interesting in a lot of ways is that it comes from a European perspective on alcohol consumption. The American version of this would be so moralizing. Yeah. And so and lacks so much nuance that this movie has when it comes to their characters and their behavior. So also, well, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of that's one of the like most um, important things about this movie is the way it kind of treads without. There's no grand moral to the film. It isn't like they learned that drinking is Mm -hmm. bad. Uh, No, Uh, they're still they're drinking at the end of the movie. Uh, But um, I feel like every country has one of these films uh so leaving las vegas could be argued to be the american yep, no. uh with yeah. and i yeah. is the british shit, that movie's sad as shit though yeah these movies typically are kind of sad as shit <laughs> uh like uh, like <clears throat> Whitnell and i uh for britain uh i, I don't know uh, uh tokyo story for japan i don't know it's got some drinking Damn, we should do with Nail and I. That movie rocks. I, well, no, the American version is uh, is weed, and it's super high me by Doug Benson. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you guys ever seen what Doug Benson looked like before he smoked weed? No, I'm, I'm gonna drop it in the chat. Uh, is it, in the, the, meantime, is it the same but younger and thinner? <laughs> no. Well, yes, but no. <laughs> yes, but also no. Um, Any hoozle, guys. We already told you what movie we're talking about. It's another round, directed by Thomas Vinterberg, starring uh, the great Mads Mikkelsen, which is not something you know. We are so used to seeing Mads Mikkelsen in American roles, where you know, quite frankly, uh, he's very limited. He's almost always a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't get to be interesting or good, which is two things that he is as an actor. So he's not playing like an evil wizard in this movie for once, and I really appreciated that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sure a lot of our kind of audience would also probably have likely seen him in The Hunt, another Danish film. Oh, the Hunt. by so the same director, good. which is a terror, like a infuriating and like terrifying movie yeah it's uh, amazing wherein he is falsely accused of pedophilia uh really uplifting tale um i appreciate yeah. both of those movies and maybe this is jumping the gun because they both 
could have told the story as well as the story was told without including a scene where Mads Mikkelsen is sweatily humping somebody. <laughs> Having aggressive sex, which he does in this movie too, yeah. It, for some reason, he's always wearing all his clothes. <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's yeah. not a sexy thing, you know. It's just Mads Mikkelsen going, uh, uh, I was a Bond villain. <clears throat> um... I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted. So, so, somebody tell us what this movie's about. So uh, uh, this movie is about four f- middle-aged friends in Denmark, right? Correct. School teachers. Shut. School yeah, teachers. Uh, yeah, they all work at the same school. Uh, and they're they're all kind of uh, in varying stages of ennui. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, you know, burned out with teaching. Uh, they've kind of lost their thing. You can kind of, we get a view of Mad Mickelson's uh, marriage and it's kind of cooled off and very kind of robotic. He's got these adolescent children who don't respect him. Uh, and then the... He's, a, he's a, a very blank kind of man that, that's kind of yeah. given up. He's, uh, a, he's a history teacher who has no interest in teaching history like with any enthusiasm or like drive to the point where he is actually called into like a parent teacher student council and they tell him what a boring piece of shit he is uh so which i thought was hilarious which just makes me think that the american remake should star vince vaughn because of course it should um (laughs) come on he's due for a comeback and he can reinvent himself as a serious guy i think that would work he was and, he was awesome it, in uh, Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine. If you've seen that motion picture, it, he scrapes a dude's face off. Has anyone floated the idea of making a movie where uh, <laughs> he gets cloned and the clone is Vincent D'Onofrio? <laughs> <and laughs> they, they have to fight each other. Vincent D'Onofrio would win that fight. That man is like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> it, would, it would just be a face-off too, but with Vincent He's D'Onofrio. He's fucking huge. <laughs> you can I tell hate which act. You can actually tell which actor is which because uh, the the Vincent D'Onofrio as Vince Vaughn, or Vince Vaughn as Vincent D'Onofrio would always do this thing. <laughs> Um, well, I am not this drunk yet. I'm just a if, little if, bit. Um, just, just for the listeners, Frank uh, Frank did that thing that Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. does. Yeah, it's a, it's a, we're doing <laughs> a radio show, and Frank's like, yeah. that he'll do this. It is a word. Uh, well, everybody knows what I'm talking about without even having to see it. Yeah. It is the Vincent D'Onofrio head tilt. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh my god, we have not even gotten through the fucking plot synopsis! So, okay. Uh, no, so, not. the music teacher, uh, uh, the, it's one of their birthdays, and uh, they go out, they go to a restaurant, and it starts out where Mads Mikkelsen is the designated driver, he's staying sober, but then the music teacher shares something he read about, which I'm not sure if it's true or not, I feel like Frank's gonna know whether or not it's a real thing, where a Finnish philosopher... Uh, I looked it up, it's real. Oh, excellent. Of course, there it's Finnish. Go. I mean, those fucking luscious. Uh, 
And his uh, grand thesis is that the human being was born with a blood alcohol uh, that is uh, 0.15 too low, or 0.015 too low. His base, his thesis is that uh, for human beings to flourish, our natural state is to be essentially just buzzed our whole life. I think it's something equivalent to like three beers or something like that. Uh, or two glasses. They say it's like two glasses of wine. Um, so they get drunk that night and they have a grand old time. Uh, and uh, surprisingly, it's Mad Mickelson who takes this little story about the uh, the Finnish philosopher to heart because he is experiencing that on we man. He is uh, he is fearful and trembling. I don't know. <laughs> it's very philosophical film. Well, like, uh, his his wife works late shifts all the time, they say. And like Justin said, his, like, teenage sons have no respect for him. Uh, so he's living kind of a sort of lonely, sluggish existence. And when he's at the dinner, he, because he's the designated driver, like, he's offered vodka with their caviar, and he's offered wine with the rest of their stuff, and he refuses to drink. And then he drinks the really nice wine that... Uh, all just got poured for everybody at the table and he chugs it and he has this moment of like unbelievable relief on his face because I think we're to understand that up to this point he doesn't really drink at all we never see him drink so it's kind of a first time experience to have chugged a glass of wine and felt that sort of instant relief although it would probably give me heartburn at this point red wine kind of just comes yeah, back man. up on me uh for real. Looked a, that looked a little gnarly. For real dog. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then he drinks the vodka with them with the caviar, and before the night is over, they are absolutely fucking hammered, and Mads Mikkelsen is showing off his, uh, like, uh, dance moves. No, no, he he's, is not. In no a previous he's not. He's not, Frank. No, no, no. It's important. He does he's not. Starting he, he, he he's starting to. He studies it, and they're, they're, rip, they're ripping him. And they're trying to get him to get up and do a dance and show them, but he demurs, even though he's kind of letting loose that night. He does not do the dance, and that is a, a very important symbolic element of this film. Yes. He's not ready to do the dance uh, yet. Matt Mickelson, in real life, is also a, a trained uh, dancer. <laughs> we'll and get you back can to tell? <laughs> we'll get yeah. back to it. We'll get there. I think we might have different ex different. He's, uh, he's uh, certainly uh, athletic. I'll give him that. <laughs> I'm yeah, not he's quite also sure what he was doing was dancing, but it was fucking impressive. <laughs> I know I would pull a muscle if I tried it. Uh, he's he's so, also a trained gymnast as well. Mm, he just so so. <laughs> go on. We'll get to it. I wasn't going to say anything important. I was going to say it looks like he was just wielding a fucking warhammer mace and cr crushing people's <laughs> skulls in. So, so it's it's his idea, idea to really push it and say, "Hey guys, let's let's do it. Let's uh, do the thing. Let's do this experiment where we get fucking drunk all the time." And and to be clear, these guys are fucking old. Here's them old. Dudes. They're old and boring. There's some like like the youngest one is the music teacher and he's like what like 38 or the something like that. The youngest one is 40. It's his 40th birthday. That's the party. I was off by two years. Pretty good yeah. guess. But uh, so they're all yeah. Like, the youngest well. one is fucking 40. Uh, so like, yeah, they're pretty staid. Like it's a little outrageous that these staid, respected, middle-aged dudes are gonna try to freaking 
drink all day every day like fucking idiots like like justin tried when he was like <laughs> okay <laughs> yes when you were so, like 16 <laughs> yes yes so so when i would I, I did realize this literally while we were recording that i did my own experiment when i was 16 the great philosopher that the, I, justin yes Dutora. um the idea was to just survive for a week on uh, whiskey and Altoids. <laughs> I oh, I, I think I made it a day and a half, and then I got hungry. <laughs> so, so this is a fucking story. This is one of the great volumes in the Justin Totoro Legendarium, and I don't think we can sort of we can't blow it sort of ad hoc like this like it needs to be properly told like mm. it might even needs to be like an appendix to this episode that justin records on his own <laughs> um the, the justin totora legendarium is quite a tome like it, is a, it is a large it is a large volume i mean not to make you uncomfortable buddy but it it like truly is like there are more than a few justin stories <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I did the vast majority of my drinking before the age of 21. Just in terms of pure volume. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's pure, what gets the numbers up. The pure ethanol that you've consumed in the past decade since being of legal age could fill... Uh, a sink. The pure ethanol that you drank before your legal drinking age could fill like an Olympic swimming pool. So uh, uh, anyway, anyway, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm embarrassing so, you. Uh, we 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 can get into <clears throat> specifics, but at first, the experiment is going very well. Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, is super charismatic in the classroom. Including, He's really getting through yes. to these kids. Including these really hilarious things where he like uh, he like sets up the kids with a question where it's like uh, <laughs> like one guy awesome beats women and smokes cigars and sleeps two hours a night. Another guy is a vegetarian and very kind to women. So which one of these guys the do you think is Churchill? Is is disabled and he consults astrologers and cheats on his wife. You've just chosen Adolf Hitler over FDR and Winston Churchill. Don't you feel fucking stupid, you little now asshole that, Danish that, children? Now, I know that Mads Mikkelsen is not a German man, but it is uncomfortable <laughs> to watch that face <laughs> talk <Yes>. about Hitler. <laughs> yes. He's he's a lovely man and, a, and an incredible actor, but he looks yeah. very Nazi-ish. <laughs> yes. That, that is something, like, again, we've talked about it, but, like, that is where he get like... He gets his fucking American roles from the fact that he looks like that. Yeah. And not because yeah. he's a great actor. Um, so Though he played a, a very heroic, wonderful role. Well, not very heroic, but wonderful good guy role in Rogue One. True. He True. did. As a space he Nazi. As the space as Nazi, the guy yes. who uh, designs the genocide machine, yes. As, uh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like as like fucking Robert Oppenheimer, except he worked for the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. As the guy who killed, sort of killed an entire planet full of people. 
Oh, man. I mean, he didn't push the button. <laughs> Um, so, and, 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 and the rest of the teachers are having, uh, similar, uh, success. Yes. Tommy, the soccer um, including, coach, is including my coaching favorite, those goddamn kids. Yes. Yes. My, the, the coach is my favorite character and, and his like taking a shine to the adorable little kid with the glasses. Specs. Um, is wonderful. We'll save what happens to him until the end. But question back to Mads. Yeah. Because uh, 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 Frank just referred to the kid as Specs, and this is a question about translation. Because I remember when we did Wild Strawberries, and there was a very pivotal line where the, uh, the son is talking to the wife and says, "I just want to be stone dead," and Frank said, "Absolutely dead." So it's like a question about translation, which I feel like is really important. Uh, so I watched it on Hulu, and Hulu translated it to Four Eyes. Huh. Yeah. I also watched it on Hulu. And you got Specs. Which means there probably are two different files. I rented it and watched it uh, uh, like uh, a month and a half ago. And I have no idea. It was the spectacled <laughs> child. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. They might have been using two different uh, post caption files. But back to Mads, uh, uh, this is. This newfound glory is uh, going into his family life as well. His kids like him. They're, he's going on trips, uh, a trip with his family. He's Parking doing it with his wife. He's banging his wife while his children, like they're intense. He goes on a canoeing trip with his wife and they are aggressively fucking <laughs> like five feet away from their children. Probably. I like, I knew that scene was coming, but I was just like, this is not quiet enough. <laughs> <laughs> no. They definitely heard. And the wife like, there's says... There's no walls. The wife says afterward, what the fuck is happening? And you, you, start, you start getting the sense at that moment that this is more complicated than a marriage gone cold, that there's some other threads happening with the wife which ultimately bloom into the fact that she was carrying on an affair um yes I, I think I, I think we can skip on to um as things are going so great um much like alcohol which uh, this is a good as time as any the the movie I mean very clearly um uh, mirrors the journey of drinking so which yes. is this is an important point uh before uh because uh, i'm 90 percent sure justin's gonna say how they began escalating the amount um mm -hmm. and you know ret uh diminishing returns but um it's really important and i think this kind of feeds into the fact that they are so middle-aged and they are adults and they're not like justin and tried to live exclusively off of whiskey and altoids uh <laughs> that there were rules that they established they they framed in, in yes. fact the film is framed with a with a device of title cards as is framed as a sociological experiment uh that they're they're yes. conducting so the title cards for the different parts of the film is uh the word document where they are typing out their findings and the parameters of their experiment and that experiment includes that they kind of have reverse business hours for drinking they're only allowed to drink during the day they have to stop yes at night they have to not at drink eight. on the weekend because they are be 
very cognizant of the fact uh, uh, that they are trying to avoid developing a dependence or alcoholism. Um, and, and by and large, they succeed, which I think is, you know, kind of a very surprising plot turn for an American because we have certain puritanical assumptions. But uh, th that is part of the ground rules going into it, that they are doing this as an experiment. And thus, they have to be very careful to only drink to a certain amount on odd hours. In fact, they all buy breathalyzers so that they can uh, uh, quantitatively verify that they are within their target drunkenness. Uh, so it's 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 not that they're just going on a uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas or leaving Las Vegas binge style. Uh, it's 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 sort of dressed up and rationalized as this uh, very mature, reasonable thing. Um, but Justin, you were just gonna say. But then things start taking a turn. Um, the mastermind of the. Experiment. Is he an English teacher? Uh, I don't know. They're like kind of chubby guy. He's like but, a philosophy teacher. Yeah. Well, yes, anyway, yes, yes, yes. that that guy he uh, he comes home drunk one night, pisses in bed, pisses himself, with, pisses himself. <laughs> and, um, he, and this is where the movie sort of teeters back. Like it's a dramatic moment, but I think they were trying to toe the line between drama and comedy here because there is a through line earlier in the movie at his birthday party he mentions like oh i have three kids they always jump into bed with me and they fucking piss all over me because they're kids and there's even a scene where his son pisses on him in bed in the middle of the night so he gets home fucking hammered because they have now violated their only drink until 8 p.m and keep it at a certain level uh parameter because they think oh you know what we should do we should get fucking hammered all the time and see how free it makes us. Mm -hmm. So they ch chug fucking Sazeracs and go out and like get rip shit housed at a bar. Uh, mm -hmm. Crucially, getting too drunk to buy dinner for this guy's wife. They're like stumbling around the store, falling over shit. <laughs> yeah. And he comes home <laughs> so fucking hammered that he pisses himself in bed and in the ensuing chaos tries to blame his own children which is yes. awesome which which uh, another parallel <laughs> um when i was uh, i think like six years old i was at my aunt's house and i pissed my pants because uh somebody was in the bathroom and then i <laughs> changed my pants and, and then and then i blamed it on the dog <laughs> wait 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 the, the dog peed on Wait. you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did they buy it? Now, hang on. <laughs> How long was this person in the bathroom for? I mean, I, I had like a six-year-old bladder. It was like the size of a pee. But you were still no. picking those bingles. Also, 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 I got <laughs> off on it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh... Um. So, so Mads Mikkelsen's uh, life takes a turn when his um. I think his son finds yes. him passed out in public uh, from being <laughs> like so drunk, and shit. that is when. Uh, yeah, and th and that is when uh, uh, things take a turn for him, and his wife reveals 
that she had been carrying on an affair. And this is a, a very important moment for multiple reasons, including story-wise, but also an important moment for me while watching it of understanding what the movie was. Because when that moment happens, um, Mads Mikkelsen, I think, does like uh, push a plate off a table. But what I I realized, watching it from an American's perspective, I was kind of bracing myself for these guys to do some bad, like, fucked up things i was expecting like violence possibly i was expecting uh, i was expecting them to cheat on their spouses and none of that happens which i mean we can get to it after after we get through the plot but i i I was really kind of surprised and like delight not delighted but delighted by that that this is a movie and once again, we can talk about this later, but this is a movie that isn't, I, I don't feel, trying to make a statement. It is a wonderful character study. Same thing with The Hunt. You said that was by the same director? Yes, Thomas Vinterberg. Um, that also um, was a wonderful character study that could have been a moralizing film. But it doesn't do that. It right. it uh, exclusively, in in my opinion, uh, focuses on character, um, and I uh, I really fucking appreciate that. Um, so, but go on. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, basically, um, and I, I think there's an element of dramatic irony here. Uh, in terms of what the viewer is supposed to know and what the characters are supposed to know and uh, how in sync these things are, where it's sort of portrayed and you believe and the characters believe that it's this coy, secret little thing that they're doing. It's this secret little experiment that's fun and it's Mm. happening under the radar. And they're fooling everybody. They're pulling it off. People Mm -hmm. have no idea. And we're so clever. And we're we're thriving. Um, And... It's revealed crucially, especially when the son finds him, there's a little line of dialogue to the effect of, um, well, everyone's known you've been drinking for a while now. Uh, they say to Mads Mikkelsen, who's the guy who you assume is doing the best job? Everybody else is being a little yes. careless. Uh, the gym teacher gets his bottle found, and he gets a little sloppier yes, than everyone else. The music teacher's wife knows about it already, and it's just like, okay, have fun drinking with your friends, whatever, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Mads Mikkelsen, he thinks, oh, I've got it locked down. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the cool guy. Uh, but, but it's revealed that at least his family have known for a while now and and crucially his son being high school age in the school it's been a rumor circulating amongst the students so the most important he's been visibly drunk in class yeah um and 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 that reminds me of uh, that we should talk a little bit about european teenage drinking culture and the way it contrasts uh well specifically in scandinavia and the way it contrasts with um uh, American teenage drinking culture, which I think fits perfectly into the greater like puritanical moralistic view we have of it here. Um, but anyway, all is revealed. 
the secret that the wife was keeping of the uh, of the affair is revealed, uh, acknowledged, uh, and their marriage is done. And there's a really sad scene in a cafe or diner or something restaurants. They don't have diners in Denmark. Uh, where uh, they get together and he's asking for a reconciliation and she's over it and that was not her intention at all and he's basically just embarrassing himself in public asking her to stay and sit and he wants to make it work and she's not having it and she's leaving and it's terrible. So he's lost his marriage. Um, The gym teacher, uh, everybody else stopped after this big night, this big blowout. Yep. Uh, the gym mm. teacher did not. He comes in sloppy drunk right at the moment that the administration is having a meeting with the staff to discuss that uh, there have been reports that of staff drinking on the premises. And he comes in obviously completely fucking blottoed uh, and yeah. completely reveals himself. Apparently he's able to keep his job initially. Um, that That is, is where the film straddles that line between sort of comedy and drama very brilliantly is the scene mm-hmm. starts with the principal like i don't know what term you would use for them in denmark but i'll call them the principal i guess commandant uh, i believe it is <laughs> commandant yeah yeah no there are the, a lot of nazis in denmark Harold uh, <laughs> the fuhrer uh yeah so he uh she uh, rather it's, it's an older lady says you know you know, there have been these reports of, of people drinking on the premises and the three other guys are looking around, like sipping their coffee, like, oh, shit, we're about to get fucking fired. And in stumbles Tommy, the gym teacher, out of his fucking gourd. And they're kind of like both embarrassed and relieved at the same time. Like you could see it on their faces that they're like ashamed, but they're like, oh, God, thank God we're not fired. I think this is a good moment to uh, bring up a topic I wanted to discuss of uh, who's who. <laughs> I I think Frank Frank is the philosophy guy who pisses the bed. That, what? Clearly. No, no, no. Okay, so first of all, you guys are conflating two characters, and that reminds me of a really beautiful plot line with the, philosophy, the actual philosophy teacher, which is that he has a pupil oh, who's trying right. to help with his exams, and he's got test anxiety. True, and true, true, true. Even after they decide to swear off the booze and call off the experiment, he says, uh, in 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 a secret pact, even amongst his friends, he, he confides in the kid. Here, before you take the exam, have a belt of this, this vodka. Take a swig. Take another. And and he goes mm-hmm. and he sits his exam, and the booze helps him, which is and just another illustration it. about how this film is clear-eyed and morally ambivalent about drinking. Yes, yeah, it killed right. the gym teacher ultimately, but it also helped the teenager pass the exam. Yes, it nearly ruined Matt Mickelson's uh, relationship, but it also allowed well, him to have this transcendent cool. experience. Let's let I, I, I'm going to take us through the end of the movie, and then we'll get back to what you were saying, Tom, because there's not much left. Um, the gym teacher does lose his job. He does lose his job because he. And you see him. Like an unspecified amount of time later, yeah, and his home is just a fucking wreck. Yeah, and the uh, people they're they're checking up on him, but uh, ultimately he commits suicide uh, on on Does his he? boat, or is he or, just drunk, or he, he or accidentally he just drowns? 
I'm yeah. not sure which. And there's but he's still nothing. drinking, and he's still drinking. That's important, yeah. and and it, it's not that. Yeah. It's not even voluntary. I think is the the impression we're meant to get that he he seems yeah, to be somebody who yeah. did develop a dependence on it. Yeah, um, and and that's very sad. <laughs> um, and while everybody is mourning, um, ultimately it's like the the end of the term. Mads Mickelson, um. And the remaining crew uh, get together uh, to memorialize their friend, I believe. And during yes. that, Mads gets some texts from his wife saying, like, I miss you. And, uh, like, we want to get back together. I'm ready to go. I'm a slip and slide over here. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let's go, Mads. And, and, and ultimately, while... While the the students uh, who have graduated are drinking, uh, like publicly, which is like so crazy to me uh, as an American, and they it's talk, like and like they openly in Mads' history class, he's like, "How many times a week do you fucking kids drink?" And the one kid's yeah. like, "Well, I start on Thursday and I stop on Sunday." And it was like. You are talking to a teacher, sir. Aren't you going yeah, to get in yeah. trouble? I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that the difference in um, in the cultures in terms of drinking is not necessarily the amount that is drunk, but the uh, how it is viewed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and Mads Mikkelsen is offered a drink by some of these students, and he starts drinking, and well, he's got the 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 vivre la France. <laughs> Justin was trying to say joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. <laughs> That's the one <laughs> and, of, uh, of life. Just, is just, just totally fucked. Totally fucked it. Bon vivant. Fucked it right. Up. And and like his his wife is uh, wants to get back together with him, and yeah, she's a he. Jesus, and he does his dance. <laughs> he does his dance finally. All right, fellas, it might be. Are we having three different opinions on this dance? I think it is incredibly beautiful and joyful, and also very aggressive. <laughs> and and it makes me happy. I. Th- think but a little uncomfortable but it's mainly a good for you mads i thought it was very joyous and wonderful but for a trained dancer i feel like well, he's, old mads mickelson he's, was a little rusty he's european dancing which is different from good dancing <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that actually legitimately might be the point of cultural disconnect. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he is a man who lives in a society uh, that contains no black people to embarrass him at how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, well, that no, is 100% I mean, accurate. Like what Justin said, that uh, that it was joyous, but like weird and kind of aggressive. 
that's something like a tone thing about this entire film, which I think is baked into mm. its like very quintessence because it's Danish. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. In a brief discussion with uh, Justin that we did have about it, where it's like, it's like it's. I had just this ominous feeling the entire film, even in the scenes that were meant to be totally yes. <laughs> frivolous and everything. And I just think that that's as joyous and carefree and as joyful as Danes and Denmark can possibly seem. <laughs> mm, uh, there's yeah. just an, an, there's a reason Kierkegaard's from there. <laughs> like, like well, actually, the kid, the kid's exam is on Kierkegaard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except mm-hmm. like, like the light Kierkegaard, <laughs> not the heavy shit. Uh, like, imagine that. Imagine fucking learning Kierkegaard in high school, and he's like your national hero. Oh, to be Danish. Wait, I am Danish. Uh, that's that's um, to the nobody who's interested. That's the other half of my uh, whiteness. <laughs> so I'm half Irish, half Danish. Are are um, you only half Irish? Well, my dad's from Ireland, but uh. Well, uh, yeah. So I'm half Irish, uh, but obviously. I just thought your mom was also Irish. I thought your no. mom was Irish American of the Poconoan extraction. No, no, she was. She's got no. <laughs> she's not Irish. <laughs> I was gonna say she's got okay. no Irish. I know. Name. I know what you were gonna say. <laughs> uh, she. Not. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not since they divorced. Uh, <laughs> I was. No. No. <laughs> ah, you thought about your parents having sex no I was gonna say I was gonna say I was the last bit of Irish in her. Ah, ah, no wait Tom Tom that's not true you were that's what I said you moron oh sorry I've been drinking yeah me too Just you fucking dope anyway Oh God, that's so going to be cut. The, so the, my Americanness of is of Danish in, uh, extraction. I'm a, I'm a Jensen, anyway, which is like Smith over there, but whatever. Um, God, okay, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh yeah, it was bleak. We were talking about the end of this movie and his dance. It was bleak, and and you could tell they were trying to feel happy, but it was just joyless because they live too high on the planet and it's too cold and <laughs> it's just fucking weird. And they have you're, like you're an entire month out of the year where they have twenty four hours of sun, right? I mean, no, they're not that high. They're they're you know they're the furthest south Scandinavians. They're. They're the laughing stock of Scandinavia, too. They all get made fun of. They're like the Canadians of Scandinavia. They get their accents made fun of. Don't they don't they also still have like a constitutional monarchy or something? Yeah, there is a there is a I think there is a Danish king like there's a Norwegian king. Um, Every fucking any country with a constitutional monarchy, including fucking the United Kingdom, is a, a backwater. Uh true. <laughs> uh so, yeah, man, the fucking graduation thing that they do, uh, where they uh, put on little sailor hats. <laughs> I was going to say, here's a question, guys. They get the hats for graduating from the exam. Yeah. We didn't get any cool shit like that for passing exams. They got cool hats. Um. <laughs> 
I don't know what he's. What he's. We've been left to our own devices. There we go. What do you mean you don't get cool hats? <laughs> we get cool hats. Oh. Um, for the know. listeners, uh, Tom put on a cool hat. Yeah, it's it's my mortarboard <laughs> from high school. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a mortarboard from uh, college. I don't know where the fuck that is. Uh, anyway, that was worth it. <laughs> um, so, so, where's my beer? Uh, um, yeah, so they all get little sterile hats. And they do this in uh, Denmark and Norway. I'm not sure about Sweden, but they they go on a little boat, and then it's like Frühsprung for the Amish. They get sent around the world to go on fucking drunken rampages of debauchery. Uh, They're just and, cooler than we are. And it's basically like it's decided. It's like sitcom rules where everybody fucks everybody, and they get to just disappear for like a year. Um, the bastards. Um. So that whereas bit. all I did was all I did was get drunk and try to climb out a moving car and then cry in my barn. I think I was there for that one too. I think I was there for a lot of these. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Like we had to do project graduation, which was so fucking lame. Yeah, and, like, we did. Re reflecting on it, and this film shows you nothing bad happens. Everything will be fine. Just let them well, fucking except, get wasted. Except, except that one of your friends will die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually, but that's life, you know? That guy was also like 65 years old. Because mm. somebody always takes it too far. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, I think uh, it's it's a very important thing to uh, statement to make about this film. And it, it goes to sh prove all of the points that you were making. That even though a man dies in this film, I would say the movie is is a love letter to alcohol. <laughs> even though even though it does show the extremes of how it can can go wrong, I think ultimately it is showing it well it's showing all the various reactions that the human body and the human mind has to alcohol you're you're just as likely to die if you start a love affair as you are if you drive a fast sure. car or inject a drug you know sure. life is treacherous the beautiful yeah. things in life can can destroy us and we are one fleeting moment of madness away from throwing it all away um it's morally ambivalent about alcohol and uh to a point justin made ages ago where Nobody beats their wife. Nobody cheats on their wife. Nobody robs a bank. Nobody crashes their car. Um, mm -hmm. Which, again, it's an American thing to say that drinking turns you into a bad person, where it's my hypothesis, yes. as somebody who's done a lot of research on the subject, glug, glug, uh, drinking doesn't change your moral fiber. It doesn't make you do something that you weren't apt to do anyway. If you've got a friend who's an asshole when he's drunk, your friend is an asshole. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he just he just needs his frontal lobe to to fucking squelch his asshole asshole tendencies and when he drinks, it all gets let loose. Uh mm -hmm. 
I'll embarrass myself when I get drunk, but, uh, well, you know, let's not open this can of worms. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Justin knows where the skeletons are buried. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, it doesn't make you a worse person. It's not a morally corrupting force. Uh, so it didn't make Mads Mikkelsen beat his wife or cheat on her. It didn't make anybody into a pedophile. It didn't make anybody uh, into a gambler. Um, they just got drunk <laughs> and played piano in a bar, mm-hmm. which I totally want to fucking do someday. It's like I learned piano almost ex- explicitly to drunkenly play it at a joyous occasion like a wedding. But it just shit. The song Frank, they there... were playing, the song, the, the song they were playing is so fucking lame too. Is there going to be a piano at your uh, your wedding? There That's was gonna... before we had to change venues due to COVID restrictions. Can I bring a piano? <laughs> <laughs> that might work. Tom, bring a bring a guitar. <laughs> Ru- ruin Frank's wedding. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Do the fucking solo from uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Or no, that's not an electric <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, Anywho, uh, final thoughts, folks at home. Um, I I uh, I loved it. Um, I, I mean it's. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to overstate that. <laughs> I I I really I thought it I really enjoyed it uh, a lot. Um, um, I think all of the performances, uh, uh, top to bottom, are are great. Agreed. Um, it is it is an odd, it is an odd movie, a little bit to the American eyes, I think. Um, but I think that's a good thing. And, and if you, if you haven't watched it, uh, uh, people out there go watch the hunt. I think that's a masterpiece. Uh-huh. And, and I think, it, and I, uh, it, it truly is, uh, a, it's a very accessible movie, I think, but it is also a very European movie in, in that we, we talk about the moralizing thing. Um, you, you, you don't get that in America. America, American films are, are all moralizing. Um, we're too, we're too, and it's because there's, there's another element to this film that cannot translate from Denmark to the United States. And that's the, that's the concept of high school. That's the concept of adolescence. That's the concept of, uh, of coming of age. Uh, this film was very modern. It showed these Danish kids to be a bit right. bratish, a bit out of mm. control. There was a uh, uh, presumably the child of refugees there. Uh, there were some Muslims. There were some 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 uh, mm. migrant types. Whereas America, we are so overwhelmed by our problems. You can't have. There's no such without a tone deaf. Uh, vacuous kind of depiction of American life that takes place mm-hmm. at like a boys preparatory school or some bullshit like that. We are so yeah. overburdened with our real moral quandaries like like yeah. race and socioeconomics and these kids would be losing their mind not because they're worried about failing the exam they'd be losing their minds because college debt and future and existential dread about the climate change 
and 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 yeah. most of them would be black and terror terrified, or it, they would all be white because it's in a highly segregated thing. So they should not try to remake this. It's going to be a flop. And that's going to reflect poorly on the original. And you're going to go, oh, have another round. That shitty movie with Leo DiCaprio. And you're going, no, no, no. It was a much better film with Mads Mikkelsen. And be like, yeah, I'll watch that. Never. Psych. Fuck you. B plus. Yeah, uh, fuck you. My, my, my intellectual brain appreciates it. But my reptile brain, my limbic system just didn't find anything to grab onto. It was a little, I just couldn't, like all of the emotional impact didn't register with me. And that might just mm. be about me um yes that could also be a cultural thing too european filmmakers are very different at their depictions of like sad or embarrassing things mm. kind of in like an american film it would be if we'd be played up a little bit more the emotions would be a little bit more um you know sort of drawn out a little bit more intense they should just make it with uh, Bradley Cooper, Ken John, uh, Zach Galifianakis, and uh, Ed Helms, and uh, yeah. it'd be called uh, the Hangover Five. It'd be called Five. Hangover Four. This time we're in Denmark. Dude, I would, I would watch that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's peeing. Justin, the bed, you're, you're peeing. You said he's peeing the bed. Justin, Justin just revealed to us that he's peeing. He said he's not on the record, but I'm putting him on the record because I'm saying into the record that he is peeing. Justin Totora is peeing. Uh, my thoughts are ju- my thoughts are uh, Justin. How that you're hitting the bowl, my man. Ain't no bowl. Jesus, Ain't no bowl fuck. where he is. How's the prostate? The moonlight, my man. How's the prostate? Treating you good? I mean, I mean, I I checked it. It was good. You self-checked it. That's got to be a new move. <laughs> what did you think of this movie, Frank? <laughs> I enjoyed it very much. Uh, for all the reasons stated, uh, like the fact that you get to see Mads Mikkelsen be a real actor in movies like this, and you don't normally see that. Not that he's not good when he's in American movies and he's playing a villain. He often really is. But, like, you get to see him do stuff that he does not normally get to do. Um, and uh, for the other reasons stated, that this movie takes a very clear-eyed and very nuanced uh, approach to the uh, subject of alcohol consumption, which is not something movies in our country do, which is why the remake is going to suck. Um... And I thought the funk song that they played while they were drinking Sazeracs made it seem like a really goddamn good time. I was like, I kind of yeah. want to make a Sazerac. It ruins this older dude's life, but it probably won't ruin mine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Nothing really drives home how white these guys are listening to that funk music and enjoying it. Yeah. Than the fact that they're Danish. <laughs> they're, yes. they're doing it in their fucking IKEA Lego uh, Joy Void, um, drinking fucking absinthe like fucking nerds. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cheers. I kind of wanted one though. The sloncha. I, um, I. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Right. I feel like I'm 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 taking the uh, the the plan to get blottoed while watching this film more seriously than the rest of you. <laughs> Since we're between segments, uh, Justin, did you have a bit going into uh, Frasier? 
I'll um, not think of something. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, second of all, am I the only one who every time we have a Fraser to do for this, I watch it like an hour before we record it? I was, no, I, was, I did that. I was watching it okay. when you started the call. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a consistent theme here is that Tom is just going on the Frasers from memory. Which is incredibly <laughs> impressive. I just close my eyes and watch them during the record. I've been I've been uh, rewatching some Seinfeld recently, fellas. Me too. Me too. Uh, holds up. I've, I'm I'm watching it from the start, like it's an actual show instead of something that's just. Oh constantly no! On don't TBS. do that. The first like two seasons are terrible. Do you want to know something fucked up? Yeah. We're as old as the characters are supposed to be in the first season. In Fuck reality, off, really? In reality, they're a little older. They're like 35, but they were they're like meant 35, to be 32. Yeah. They're meant to be 32 though. They're meant to be 32. Well, that in part is due to like it was like 1989, 1990 and everybody still had that hair. Yeah. That fucking hair, man. Like there's the episode where Jerry gets the bad haircut. And I'm like, that's the only time I've seen him with a good haircut. Like, that's an okay haircut. <laughs> His hair always looked fucking terrible. It always looked terrible. It always looked terrible. Oh, are you a 17-year-old girl? Will you date me? I love Superman and sneakers. I'm 40 years old. What's that to like about me, high school student? <laughs> I, I'm You're a fully grown man who... Uh, Makes observational humor for a living. Catch me when I uh, make my fat my passion project. It's a movie where I'm a bee. <laughs> bee movie. I, do you, kid, do you want to see me be a talking bee, seventeen-year-old girl? I know you do. Oh no, no, no! By the time uh, me film, and me and Tom saw that in the theater. By the time that you film saw came out, in the theater? she was uh, she was in her mid twenties, so he lost interest. <laughs> Uh, you saw that in the theater. You said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." I think I think our, there's a weird. Did, did we go in meaning to watch it, or did we go in to watch something else and we changed our minds? I think the latter. I feel like we were there to watch No Country for Old Men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, did you know that Tom Cruise has been married three times, and each time he got divorced, the woman was thirty-three. That's interesting. That's weird. So you're saying I still have time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's a part in before we talk about the show we're actually supposed to talk about. There, I don't know if you guys remember, there is a part in B-Movie where there is an air traffic controller. The air traffic controller is voiced by Michael Richards. Oh, boy. Mm. Oh, boy. And then, B-Movie hey, hey, was definitely it's not funny. after. It's not funny. It's not funny. Stop laughing. I just feel uh, so much. Why? What? Why were you um, Homer Simpson season one? <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny, boy. I was Homer Simpson season one when he was still supposed to sound like Walter Matthau. <laughs> oh. Uh, but uh, no, there's that that B movie that came out after the. Uh, Michael Richards' uh, rant, did it not? No, I feel like it was before. Before? No, it was after. It was after. after. 
it was after because it was a I noticed it. It was like, yeah, he's given he's given his racist friend some work <laughs> when he can. <laughs> I just feel so much anger inside of me sometimes. Jesus. That's the second time also, you've done this impression of those lines <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> it's so specific, and yet it's happened twice now. <laughs> it's a, it is a memorable uh, line, is it not? I guess that, for that, you. That's the moment where Jerry Seinfeld says, It's not funny. Stop laughing. Stop laughing. It's not funny. The, the funny thing the <laughs> funny thing about it is that he said it's not funny, but it was funny. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Anywho. Speaking of problematic sitcom actors. I hear soft jazz. What? I hear some soft jazz. Oh, keep that soft jazz going. I want to do the aggressive The world is darkening. It's becoming rather abstract. Everything's becoming very dark, and things are losing dimensionality. There are no longer 3D. There are now 2D, and now they're even just a single line that goes up and down and up and down, and it's white or black, and there's a rainbow in the sky, and sometimes a little helicopter, and... Frasier! Did you say Frasier? Yes. Frasier who? The moon! Frasier. The moon! It it looks like a a jack-o'-lantern? Could it be Halloween? Dr. Frasier Crane's planning a Halloween party! He's what's all his friends come over there to a game he came up with where they dress up like their heroes. It's good. Nobody wants to do it, so he just his family, and then he it's a, it's a brother episode, but then it turns into a Niles dad episode. Did it Justin. make me cry at the end? Yes, it did. Dr. Frazier Crane, season nine, episode two, five. Frazier left the building, Halloween. Justin. A room full of heroes. That, Justin. That was the wrong episode. <laughs> what? Wait, 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 wait. Wait, what? The episode we were supposed to do is the Halloween episode where Niles drinks the whole time. <laughs> that that is the episode. And humiliates himself in front of... Di no, it's the one where Roz gets pregnant. No, wait, no, you lost the wrong episode. What? What? <laughs> what? What? No. Where's... <laughs> We're supposed to watch season nine, episode six, a room full of heroes. No, why? That doesn't even make sense. Because yes, Niles it does. Gets because drunk. Niles gets drunk, you motherfucker. <laughs> he doesn't. That's what I'm talking about too. <laughs> there are two Halloween episodes where Niles gets drunk. Uh, wait, which one did you? Watch? They did. The one Frank, where he gets Frank, drunk. Frank, no, no, Frank, shut the fuck up. Frank, do a Justin style <laughs> intro to your <laughs> episode. When you said, okay, because hold on. When you said, 
Dr. Fraser Crane is planning a Halloween party, I thought, no, it's Niles' Halloween party. <laughs> and then Jesus. I was getting ready to correct it. And then you were like, oh, and he dresses up like Dr. Sigmund Freud. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Dr. Fraser Crane Crane has just come back from the microbrewery with Daphne and Martin couldn't go because Eddie was sick with poison ivy. Niles reveals that he's having a Halloween party in support of the local library and it's being thrown by Maris and they're all supposed to dress up like characters from literature. So Niles is dressed up like Cyrano de Bergerac and he has a big fake nose and he comes to suspect that Niles and Fraser are having a relationship because they went to a microbrewery and got all silly. And then it's revealed that when Fraser is having a bad show because Roz is being a bad PA, that she's actually pregnant, but she doesn't know who the father is. And so they all go to the fucking uh, the Niles ball together. They're all dressed up as characters from literature. And Niles gets drunk the whole time and he threatens to duel Fraser until it's revealed that Roz is pregnant and she doesn't know who the father is. Dr. Fraser Crane episode something. <laughs> season something episode title Halloween Jesus Christ what are we doing we're gonna do the Sigmund Freud one that I haven't watched in two weeks because luckily I watched that recently uh, we both there are two Halloween episodes in where Niles gets excessively drunk at a so, costume party so Bulldog is being a real jag off to Frazier lately, and Frazier decides he's going to get his revenge. And luckily, it's Halloween. In my time. episode, Bulldog is dressed up as Waldo from Where's Waldo? Um, what, I was what so he- excited. I was so excited to talk about Gil as Chingachgook from Last of the Mohicans, and how that would be like a cancelable, cancelable offense nowadays. Uh, I was excited to talk about the shit in this episode. <laughs> like, like Daphne, we're always doing a shit impression of Daphne. Where in, in this episode, Daphne herself does a shit impression of Elton John. Yes, yes, she does. Terrible impression of Elton John. How would you know? And oh, there's a. Yes, I do. I've seen the episode recently. There's a great bit where uh, Roz comes dressed as Wonder Woman. And Kelsey Grammer is like, well, not superheroes, Roz. Your actual heroes. Now I'm just doing Mark Hamill's Joker impression for Kelsey Grammer. No, no, Frank. It's gonna turn into fucking uh, Frank, Bane. Frank, Frank, Frank. I give you permission for this Frasier segment. Just riff as Jean-Luc Picard talking to Q. <laughs> oh, 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 what's that? <laughs> What's that? Are we talking about which which Halloween episode of Frasier are we talking about? Because there's fucking two of them, and in both of them, Niles drinks to excess. So you can imagine uh, poor Frank's confusion when he read that text that he thought he was going to talk about the episode he actually likes. We told you the season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay attention. Uh, Frank doesn't pay attention to that. He told me when he was on the bridge of the Enterprise. (laughs) Fuck this podcast, man. (laughs) There is 
is a great. I remember this episode, and there is this. There is prime making Justin cry material in this episode because when Niles is asked to dress up as hero as his hero, Fraser dresses up as Sigmund Freud. Niles dresses up as his dad. The moment where I cried was the. When uh, uh, Niles is going hard at Martin and Martin stands up and says, I will not have you putting these words into my mouth. And it made me cry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the uh, so uh, Frazier invents this stupid game where you come dressed as your hero and then he asks terrible game. to respond. I thought it was I thought it was a neat, fun game. <laughs> if he was it's like a bad a icebreaker. Imagine, see, there's two, there's two levels to Frazier's dickitude, which is that, like, yes, the concept is a little cerebral and not so fun for a party, but if he was a good sport about it, it could be great. If Roz had showed up as Wonder Woman and he said, oh, excellent, come join us. What a fun, mm-hmm. interesting take on the theme. And he wasn't a fucking tyrant. It could have been fun. So anyway, uh... He asks people to answer questions as their heroes, and the the question at the end is, "What is your greatest disappointment?" And Niles, at this point, has had six beers, which I have. I'm working on number five, so I can tell you that's it's a good level. Uh, yeah, Niles starts drinking his dad's beer. Valentine's man, Valentine's. They still make it, and he seems to enjoy it. You, you can see some some uh, uh, face acting, a lot of face acting from Niles, David Hyde Pierce, this episode. That's that's great. He takes a sip of the Ballantine while Frazier's off, like, leading the scene. And it's like, oh, oh, this is actually pretty decent. I, I very much appreciated it. That's the stage actor in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's prompted, what's your greatest disappointment? And he launches into this thing where he's building up to say that Frazier and himself are his father's greatest disappointment. And he's about to say it. And he goes, well, I just wanted boys who can be regular guys. And they they learned all these fancy things and they never learned how to be regular guys. So I guess you could say my two biggest disappointments were, and Martin stands up and he goes, stop it. I will not have you put these words in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I won't have you portraying me as this drunken jackass. Yeah. And Get then him, Justin Martin. was like, <laughs> And I cried, and then Frazier, Frazier has a perfect button as, <laughs> as Martin is uh, leaving the room and says, well, that's, that's, that's exactly why I didn't dress like you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good boy, Frazier. <laughs> It's a great line. I think I think this is truly one of the one of the one of the great episodes. Um, it's in my opinion has has one of the funniest B plots uh, yes. of Frasier, which which is the the kids in the building um, 
have it uh, uh, refer to him as Old Man Crane and believe that he he eats children's brains. You sons of bitches, because I was getting so excited to talk about the subplot in my episode where Frazier dresses up as Jeffrey Chaucer and uh, fucking Daphne dresses up as the wife of Beth and they talk at each other in like old English uh, accents. Wait, wait, wait. God wait, isn't- damn it. Isn't isn't the wife of Bath who um what is it what is it what is the line she from Chaucer kills- where she uh, he he uh, they trick the guy into kissing her quote nether eye which is yes, middle yes. English for butthole <laughs> yes correct which kids that these days a- would be totally cool with yes kids no they're all, all about oh, yeah, that, these that, days all about eating that nether eye. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you. Jesus fucking Christ! You guys are talking about a great episode. <laughs> my contention is that my episode was funnier. So, so let's nope. get real. I was, I was just going to suggest uh, we're all supposed to be getting a little, a little inebriated. I think I'm, I've pulled ahead of the pack, but um, uh, that was a heavy moment, and 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 that was terrifying think about to because i think if you live long enough and you drink often enough you do a thing that is you cross a line you say something you shouldn't you embarrass yourself and more importantly you hurt somebody else's feelings uh-huh. uh, and fraser's mm-hmm. a good or uh, niles is a good guy um and he's not being well, uh- malicious he's saying what's on his mind he's saying something he feels it's just that yes, and he's revealing his pathos. It's something very hurtful that he believes at his core about his father. And and while he's making that speech, there are uh, reaction shots from Frazier, and Frazier is looking at him very sympathetically, um, which I think was very important because he wasn't uh, taking glee in Niles embarrassing himself. He wasn't angry at Niles for ruining his night. He was looking at Niles and recognizing some of the truth in how they felt uh, growing up. Yes. Um, and I, I think it was a very mature... Uh, I mean, Frazier is full of this, but I, I think it was a very um, nuanced and uh, uh, mature scene that kind of comes at the end. That's not what the episode is initially about. It's about uh, a brotherly conflict. Um, but I think this is also a perfect example of the American moralizing about of on alcohol that we were talking about that whole time with another round. As soon as Niles gets drunk, things go downhill. <laughs> Interestingly, though, he he doesn't become a monster. He just says something he actually feels, and that's something kind of interesting about Frasier. Because uh, when we were trying to pick which episode, I like you Googled Frasier where they get drunk, and I saw some discussions about the concept and people wondering if they had drinking problems because they're constantly drinking wine and cherry, and that's kind of rare for American television. Besides Cheers, which is obviously the genetic forebearer of. Um, Frasier, which is a depiction of habitual, though not problematic, drinking. 
Or drug use, mm -hmm. which is something that you get way more in the UK, too. Like in, uh, have you guys ever seen Spaced? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love great. It. They I think, smoke weed I think and do club drugs all the time mm -hmm. on that show. Like, there's a great yeah. episode, my favorite episode of that show, one of my favorite episodes of any television show ever, is when they go clubbing and they mm -hmm. do ecstasy and smoke weed and have a great night. Mm -hmm. I think the only... I think there's some American litigious aspect to that where if you ha include drug use, um, like, you, you get, like, a higher rating. You know what I mean? It becomes, uh -huh. like, TV mm -hmm. MA. Which is harder to market on network television, but the big sitcom that comes to mind is um, that '70s show. Well, yeah, yeah. Where they sit around and smoke weed. Uh, Although I think after a certain point in that show, they stopped showing the smoke. Yeah, which might have been some like line of legal script <clears throat> about yeah. getting getting under that bar. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, so uh, yeah. Well, well, actually, what we were talking about is you know, fellas. Since I neglected to watch uh, the exact same episode as you did, but watched literally a very similar episode with similar themes, um, I wanted to bring on a friend who had a poetry reading from a poem, or he called it a poem, from around the time this episode aired. Uh, uh -huh. are, you, are, are you back here? Yes, hold on. <laughs> oh, fucking goddammit. <laughs> oh, okay, here he is. Here he is, here he is. Hold on, I'm coming! Hello, hello, gentlemen. I'm so angry. Hello. <laughs> hello, I, uh, as you know, my name is, uh, Admiral Jean-Luc Picard, Captain of the USS Enterprise D. Oh. Enterprise E! <laughs> Enterprise E, I'm sorry. Enterprise D was the one who was piloted by, uh, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No, it was the one that he piloted during the show, but then they remade it in the movies. <laughs> oh, fuck. Enterprise E. <laughs> and uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to tell you, gentlemen, that I have been reading a poem from an ancient yes. text uh, uh, by a man who was the son of, I guess, what was one of another great poems of your era. <clears throat> Allow me to recite it. Hold on. <clears throat> Come on, try a little. Nothing is forever. Got to be something better than in the middle. Me and Cinderella, we put it all together. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna we go take a boat trip, guys. Uh, with one headlight. Thank you, thank you. I've done my poem now. I'm I'm off back onto the Enterprise. Bye. <laughs> oh yeah, he's gone. All right, bye, Jean Luc. Thank you for saving the galaxy once again. Frank, <laughs> I, I, th I th you. <laughs> have made me hate Star Trek <laughs> single-handedly single single-handedly um, yeah I I mean uh, I think I just made Tom quit <laughs> uh, I was kind of
trying to get an organ sound going. That that song was a banger. Back that in song the 90s. was a banger. That was a banger. Come on, try a little. Never yeah. last forever. <laughs> Be incinerated. Put it all together. We can drive it home. I'm Bob Dylan's son. The press were like, like all on his ass for like ripping his dad off by having like an image of like a hat floating on a wave. They were like, oh, it's so Bob Dylan. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? When did Bob Dylan ever have a hat on a wave? uh, Yeah. And also like, why does he own anything? It's like when they criticized Lenny Kravitz for ripping off the Beatles and the Stones. And it's just sort of like, he also like ripped off Bach by having like a, like an even tempered scale. Like, like what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. There's no ripping off of anything. Anyway, that was dumb, Frank, and I hate you forever. Uh, <laughs> recommendations. Is that staying in the recording? Recommendations. Rack, 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 a couple of things uh-huh. one um weed i've been smoking uh, a, a good amount of weed and um i recommend watching uh the muppet show on disney plus uh-huh. um it is a great uh time had by all uh check out the rita moreno episode that's that's uh that's really that's really fun also, I want to recommend the French television series Black Spot on Netflix. Uh, it is a crime procedural with hints of folk horror um, that um, reminds me. Uh, it's the show that reminds me the most of the X Files that I've ever seen in the sense of like tone not necessarily subject matter but uh, uh a lot of foggy forests and Let's, i'm done <laughs> I'm, I'm out justin okay, did you no, like that uh, show uh, for- dark dark is also uh an amazing show i i highly recommend it. it's one of those shows i i finished watching uh toward the beginning of uh covid 
and it's one of those shows that I miss watching, if you get mm. what I mean. Not okay, that yeah, I necessarily want to go back and... I'm- kind of assuming it's boring is it not boring no it is it's a hard show to recommend in the sense that it is on purpose very confusing and it is a very dour german uh show in the sense that there will just be Lots of voiceover of a deep German voice saying things like, like, uh, 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 time minus love is the existence of an atom. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like once you're, once you're on board with it, it's an amazing show. Like, I don't even want to give away the genre of the show because it takes a few episodes and once it's kind of revealed towards the end of season one it is one of the best versions of this genre that i am not going to tell you because it does come as a surprise because like it kind of sets itself up as a much more serious non non fun version of like stranger, stranger things. things yeah but then it becomes this really great thing so I, f- fuck the muppet show <laughs> go watch dark it's great all right will do tom tim tom can't you see i'm scrambling um so I've got uh, two things to do. Tom, we we also watched a movie recently you might want to recommend. Or maybe you don't want to recommend. Oh, it. yeah. Bad Yeah. Um thanks. <laughs> thanks, mom. Uh well, okay. So I've got I I've, I've got three things to do. So, uh the first is make a correction, which is last time we did an app, I uh uh I said I was rewatching Black Books and I was really not enjoying it and it wasn't hitting and it wasn't good and I was I I had known I had watched the show previously and I was wondering why I had done such a thing because I just wasn't enjoying myself. However, I finished the first season and I started on the uh second season and uh it's amazing. It's fantastic. I don't know what changed uh between then and then, but from the second season on the show is amazing. Um, not to the degree... It's it's not so different that it's like um, uh, uh, the IT crowd where you can just skip the first season entirely. Uh, it's it's not that fundamentally different. However, every episode is like a, a bottle episode. Uh, it, it, there's nothing episodic about it, so you can just start it in the second season and it's fine. And... Simon Pegg guesses uh, guest stars in that season. Does he? Does. Not? Yeah. As as a kind of Barnes and Noble esque kind of manager type, as as yes. as as the aforementioned Paul, who we all hate, <laughs> and only one of us ever met. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know this man. I was fired before his tenure. Um, just. The show. Oh, also, also in the early episodes of Plaid Lads, we were talking about Baron Blanchard. We were talking about Karen Cancher. <laughs> what did she get fired or something? 
No, but 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 the statute of limitations is gone. Also, we worked with a guy named Greg. <laughs> we were there, to there Greg was, by name like there, seventeen times now. That's true. We, there was yeah. John in the music section. John Melisarantos or whatever. Melisarantos. Hey, Hakeem, if you're out there, I liked days. you. Uh, also, Lindsay. This. Shout out to Lindsay. Shout out to Lindsay. She's coming to my wedding, I guess. Oh, I'll get to see her one more time before we both die. Um, so, so, um, yeah, so that, um, and then, uh, uh, Justin teed me up to recommend a great film that I recently saw by, um, Eric Andre, uh, called oh, Bad Trip. See that. Bad Trip. It was amazing. It was fantastic. It's amazing. It's so uh, Eric Andre, you know him from the Eric Andre show where he does like pranks on people, but it's, it's, it's like jackass with like a heart, I suppose. And this film is kind of a brilliant concept in that it's a film that is a narrative film, much in the vein of like dumb and dumber, like two buddies going on a road trip. But the film is principally entirely, what am I saying? Uh, shot with uh, non-suspecting non-actors who are being pranked by the only four actors in the film, uh, including Tiffany Haddish, uh, Rel something. Lil or, Ray Lil Howard. Howry. Lil Ro Howry, yeah. Howry. And the lady from Bones. Yep. <laughs> the lady <laughs> from Bones. A show no not... one uh, under the age of uh, 65 watched. <laughs> Who's not Zoe Deschanel's sister? So, you know, the uh, other uh, one. Speaking of Barnes and Noble, I not to derail too much, but back when I was working in the music department one time, there was a guy who wanted everything that the woman from Bones had ever been in. Ooh, yeah. that's, that's that's a great sign. Which yeah. also, I don't think there is any, anything. I feel like that's kind of no. All I she don't did. think there is anything else. Um, I. I Frank. All right. What am I going to recommend? Uh, I mean, I've been watching some interesting stuff. Uh, did Last time, I think I recommended the uh, Rick Mayall, Aide Edmondson sitcom Bottom. Is that true? Yes. No. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, I finished that in between watching, like, this ep like last episode and this one. Great show still. Um, I was also watching recently the French TV show on Netflix. I guess it's pronounced Lupin. Or huh? Lu Lu yeah. Lupin. Uh, it's I'm surprised like you weren't gonna suggest that, Justin. I was gonna say that nope. French French TV is blowing up Netflix right now. It is. Yeah. Uh, so this this Spot. Lupin, which is based on, so there's a Zone French Blanche. detective. Uh, there's a French detective in French, uh, uh, like sort of uh, Penny Dreadfuls and an early silent uh, French film, uh, Lupin the the Great Thief. Uh, reimagined in Japan as Lupin the Third, who is like a big anime and manga character. Um, but there is a French TV show uh, called Lupin, which is updated for modern times. It has a much more sort of diverse milieu to its cast, reflecting uh, like modern day Paris and stuff. It's uh, it's a really mm -hmm. fun. It's not great, but it is very pulpy and fun, and like just very propulsive to watch. Uh, yes. Cool show. Uh, and I'm also going to recommend uh, 
I haven't read much more than the first volume. There are three volumes of it. Uh, the first volume of Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp's Green Lantern, uh, which is really fucking cool. Justin, I think you read it. No, nope. It's really fucking cool. Like it, it sort of resurrects the sort of psychedelic um, sort of spacey aspects of the Green Lantern character because Grant Morrison is obsessed with psychedelics. Um, and it also tries to morally interrogate the idea that the Green Lantern is fundamentally a police officer. And like what that means in our current era where obviously trust in the police is basically in the toilet. It's what cool. uh cool. what cool comic. What iteration of Green Lantern is it? Hal, Hal Jordan. Okay. Cool comic. Great art. The art is fucking incredible. Good shit. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's it. I might I, I want to recommend that we um as long as we can keep this up and then while we fade out, Tom. Yes. I want us to just name as many people who worked at Barnes & Noble with us as possible. <laughs> oh, no. Karen Cancher. Judy Blumford. Laura Pollock. Um, Evelyn. Oh, Evelyn. Oh, Evelyn. Uh, Lisa Cart. Chelsea Donahue. Brief Cafe employee. Chelsea Donahue. Shelby something. Yeah, I don't remember her uh, last name. Uh, Lisa Cap. Lisa Cap. Lisa Cap. Lisa Card. Yeah. Oh, I said Lisa Card. Uh, hot Lisa as uh, as Sarah 